This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to welcome a trusted ally and a champion of freedom, former Congressman David Brad, who served the Commonwealth of Virginia's 17th District from 2014 to 2017. Dr. Brad is the Dean of the Liberty University School of Business in Lynchburg, Virginia, and also serves on the International Leaders Summit's Executive Advisory Board. As a brilliant economist, he also served as the President of the Virginia Association of Economists. And without further delay, we welcome former Congressman David Brad. A very good morning to you, sir. Welcome, Dr. Brad. Hey, Natasha, Joel. Thanks for having me on again. Always great to be on. And my old, uh, my friends out there in the Midwest, great to talk to you guys today. Uh, Dr. Brad, uh, let us begin with the U.S. economy. Uh, the Delta variant of COVID-19 has slowed down the recovery of U.S. economy, and the anticipated GDP growth was mostly affected by reduced personal consumption and supply constraints, including product and worker shortages amid a Delta variant. The result of this will be lower than expected economic growth in the third quarter. However, the Federal Reserve's growth forecast for 2022 was just upgraded from 3.3% projected in June to 3.8% growth. The U.S. economy will eventually recover and surpass its pre-pandemic growth levels. Uh, Dr. Brad, do you see any long-term adverse impact of the COVID-19 on the U.S. economy, U.S. workforce, and international trade? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say so, but yeah, there, there's huge downside, uh, not, not only risks, but just realities that are now embedded. Uh, the left is using uh, this disaster in COVID in order to expand the, the size and scope and the role of the federal government in every part of our lives. They're integrated with the big tech firms. Uh, the six big firms are bigger than all of Europe combined, right? The, our six U.S. tech firms are so giant, their market cap is worth more than all of Europe combined. The government and our security agencies, the FBI, CIA, are in alliance with them. We had to go through Russiagate for a year. Uh, all of that turned out to be false. Uh, we had to go through just trial and error on COVID and masks and all of these things. We had riots in the streets uh, by the left for a year. None of that was reported. And so the biggest cost to the economy is that everyone wants to now take the easy way out. We are not training our kids in the value of the work ethic, and we're not training them about productivity. Productivity is the only thing in economics uh, that produces long-run growth and will get us out of this debt trap. Instead, the federal government, since I was there, right, we were at $20 trillion, Now the debt's at $28 trillion. And they're trying to add another $10 trillion 
in debt. So that'll bring us to forty trillion, and you know, a trillion a year in, in deficit and debt every year is expected now. So that gets you in ten years to fifty trillion in debt on the kids. Uh, instead of taking all that money and plowing it into economic growth in the economy. And so, yeah, we're learning all the wrong lessons. So we're putting all the power and, and economic inputs into D.C. and the swamp. We're calling it investment. It is not investment. It's just operating costs, as usual. The, the funny one is, right, if we've, if we've already spent $30 trillion in debt, right, in addition to all the government spending, but if we've spent so much in investments, uh, can you please point them out to me? Where are our shiny bridges? Where are our 200-mile-an-hour bullet trains? Right? Where's all this capital investment? Right? If we've already spent $30 trillion, where is it? And so it's not there. The government has not been telling us the truth, and they're not telling now. So the American people, it's on your shoulders. It's time to wake up and get this right uh, before it's too late. And as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Brad, uh, based on the Congressional Budget Office data, the U.S. budget projection for the year 2021 is $3.8 trillion in revenues and $6.8 trillion in expenditures, which leaves us with a deficit of $3 trillion. And the current U.S. national debt is, as you mentioned, at $28.8 trillion. So how can we sustain these levels of spending and ever-increasing debt? Uh, well, you can't. And uh, we just had Dave Ramsey with us uh, at Liberty University. He's the champion of no debt. He's a, a personal finance coach, and he coaches you know, young people to stay out of debt because once you get debt trapped, you're in trouble. Uh, on its own, but then it's worse than that because you got to pay interest on the debt. So not only are you in debt, but you're you're spending your own money, right? If you got on a mortgage or on your car interest payments, if you're paying thousand dollars in interest, that's going to nothing. It's going into a black hole, right? And so that same principle holds for the federal level. And Natasha, I think, was being kind with that. You know, that's the planned budget, but now they're the Democrat, the new three and a half trillion dollar, you know, Green New Deal. Healthcare bill—it's uh, you know just a smorgasbord of spending. Uh, most uh, analysts are saying that's five trillion. It's not paid for. Then another trillion in infrastructure on top of that, and then ten trillion uh, in the in the ten-year window because we run a, a one trillion dollar deficit uh, or debt every year. And so we we have just huge debt. The the bond market's starting to pay attention. The ten-year treasury popped up. Uh, Last Friday, I go, you can go out to Zero Hedge and read. A, there's a short little article on that. But that, that's the bond market waking up a little bit to, they know, right? They know we're, we're going to have some inflation, so that's worrisome. We're in a total bubble now. <clears throat> and so if the, if the Dems get that $3 trillion in spending through, uh, you'll see the stock market go up even higher because it's living on a uh, sugar candy, right? It's living on a sugar high. It's fake. So it's going to pop at some time. What they're worried about is if that spending doesn't come through and the checks end, then it pops now. Or you can prolong the bubble and make it even worse so that in three to four years, so when we run out of money, uh, the kids have no economy left. And so it, it really is just a world of, of bad scenarios in front of us. And the, the sooner we deal with reality, the better. 
Right. Uh, Dr. Brad, there is a looming government shutdown if debt ceiling is not suspended. Yeah. And if Congress does not reach a deal to raise the federal borrowing limit or debt ceiling, a government will run out of money to pay its bills. Now, the U.S. Congress is responsible for passing the budget, and through that process, it is supposed to determine how to finance the expenses and whether new borrowing will be necessary or rather stay under the debt ceiling. The U.S. Congress was supposed to pass the budget resolution by April 15. Uh, based on the Pew Research report, Congress has chronic inability to follow its own appropriation process for decades. Yeah. So in 40 years, Congress has passed the budget on time only four times. Yep. In 1977, 1989, 1995, and 1997. Uh, Dr. Brad, from your experience while serving in the U.S. Congress, could you kindly share with us what happens behind the scenes and what needs to be done to change this dysfunctional system? Yeah, well, I can give a quick story. <clears throat> we tried to save on the Republican side, which is better than the Democrat side, uh, but clearly lacks a backbone as well. Uh, we tried to save $40 billion, which is a teaspoonful of money up there, uh, that we were paying to dead people. And the leadership back when I was in Congress said no to that. And we go, why is that? And they won't, they'll never tell you why. And the answer is because even for $40 billion to put it toward the deficit, they got to take it away from somebody. And that's, you ask, what's the problem behind the scenes? That's the problem. You have to take uh, all the insiders are used to constant money coming their way. And that they're, both sides are buying votes and the Democrats and the left now. Now, they're not even, they're not even liberals anymore. It's, it's just pro, you know, Marxist leftists. Uh, that just want to enrich themselves with the total state. And so that's where we are, right? And so, yeah, we, we, we never do budgets. We always do a continuing resolution that just kicks the can down the road uh, for six months or a year or whatever. And the Democrats have always relied on, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate uh, to come to their rescue. And so we'll see if he does that. If he does, uh, he and anyone else uh, will lose their seats uh, the next round almost guaranteed uh, because the base is caught on to this game. The Democrats wouldn't uh, negotiate at all with Republicans this time. They're going to do a trillion-dollar infrastructure and a $3.5 trillion spent massive spending bill, which changes the trajectory for the whole U.S. economy. And they didn't include the Republicans in any of that. And so the Republicans rightly said, well, then don't come to us at the last minute when you need to raise the debt ceiling because you didn't include us in budget talks. And so we'll see if the Republicans hold uh, their ground. They're, they're known for caving. And so uh, we'll see. Dr. Brad, on the international front, we've been monitoring China's agenda and the challenges and threats that the communist regime poses to America and the West. This past week, the Financial Times presented a report titled Hidden Debt on China's Belt and Road Tops $385 billion, says New Study. In America's Roundtable and the International Leaders Summit, you and others have relayed concerns about China's actions. The FT reports that more more than 40 countries have debt exposure to Beijing greater than 10% of their GDP. The Financial Times states, and I quote, China's Belt and Road Initiative has left scores of lower and middle income countries 
countries saddled with hidden debts totaling $385 billion. New research suggests that many countries' financial liabilities linked to President Xi Jinping's hallmark foreign policy initiative have been systematically underreported for years. This has resulted in mounting hidden debts or undisclosed liabilities governments might be obliged to pay. Unquote. Dr. Brad, what should we glean from this report uh, from the Aid Data and International Development Research Lab, which is based at the College of William and Mary in Virginia, and which uh, places a spotlight on China's unscrupulous dealings and practices and how it is burdening countries in Asia, Southern Europe, and Africa? And what is your advice to these countries and to even our elected officials on what China is doing uh, to these countries and placing them in servitude? Yeah, well, we've, we've had a couple China summits uh, at Liberty University over the years, and there's a couple good books people could read, Deceiving the Sky uh, and Stealth War by China, which uh, their own colonels, who are now generals in China, have declared war against the United States on paper. Uh, technological economic war, not not kinetic, uh, but they're stealing our patents and property rights. So I think everybody kind of knows that. Uh, but now China is in the position that we are in. They are also starting to crack a little bit. Last week, that Evergrande uh, bank is worth $300 billion, uh, one of their giant, giant real estate firms. And, and there's questions about property rights now in China that people are starting to protest. And, you know, China can always fix any debt problem they have because the, the, the government is a total monopoly uh, on power, right? So they can just paper it over and make sure the outcomes for those individuals are okay uh, until it all collapses, like it did with, uh, with Japan a few decades ago. And so, you know, the U.S. is in bad shape, but we still have, you know, guardrails up in the form of a free, uh, you know, some free market structure left that gives us hints as to how bad it is. China, once they go under, they go under, and it, it's going to be, be awful, right? And so there, you know, some of are speculating that uh, Xi Jinping knows that day is coming, and so he's going to become more autocratic. And so we'll see about that. But they certainly are starting to behave that way externally, right? Hong Kong uh, is a disaster. Now Taiwan, they're buzzing them with boats and planes all the time. India, they're starting to threaten a little bit uh, on the border skirmishes. They're getting aggressive. Uh, in this Belt and Road Initiative, the uh, several of the African countries have already been burned. They're used to dealing with the West and with the U.S., and we're not always angels. Uh, but compared to Chinese best practices, uh, we are angels. And so they're learning the hard way that the Chinese play hardball. And so some of them have already learned. And uh, I think like Kagami... Uh, President Kagame over in Eastern Africa, uh, I think he, you know, basically told China to go jump in a lake in Rwanda, the president of Rwanda. And so uh, he's being tough against China, the word spreading throughout, you know, at least sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, China is not the place to do business. And so supply chains are starting to come back. And China is still utterly dependent on the U.S. and the rest of the world. We are not uh, dependent on them. They are totally dependent on us, and especially for energy that has to go basically by India, uh, you know, from the Middle East uh, by boat uh, uh, across uh, the, the Middle East and India, and, and they're in, in huge strategic 
problems there. So uh, it's just going in slow motion right now, but we know that's a bad ending as well. China uh, has no commitment to human rights or, or any first principles whatsoever. Right, indeed. Uh, in fact, we truly appreciate your leadership and some of the key initiatives that you have undertaken at Liberty University. During the last conversation that we had with you, you were talking about your efforts in Africa and how you're reaching out to leaders in Africa, talking about perhaps uh, establishing a new network yep. uh, by investing and engaging with uh, entrepreneurs and government leaders. Could you provide us with an update on, on these important efforts in Africa? Yeah, we had a uh, super uh, Africa Summit at Liberty University. We had about 10 heads of state uh, from uh, mainly sub-Saharan African countries. Several of the of the former presidents uh, spoke to us. Joyce Banda from Malawi, the vice president of Nigeria, great Christian uh, lawyer and mind, uh, spoke to us, just incredible leader. And basically, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny it's just old school, the basics, and the African leaders like the basics of just doing business to business. They're they're sick of the politics and the World Bank and the and the French elitists and the the snobbery. And uh, so they came to Liberty and they they just love the warm uh, Christian environment we have here. And uh, the trust level was was tremendously high, and the the, the barriers and the egos were low. Uh, and so it was just a, a wonderful new uh, development, and now it's catching on. The word's spreading like crazy. So we had a 300 CEO summit uh, just a couple months ago. That was uh, just tremendous. Uh, the folks that came out, and uh, you know, several billionaires from Africa came, and so the word's getting out, and people are forming business uh, friendship, friendships, right, and then business relationships on top of that. So the next one's planned for next October. Uh, fall of 2022. And so uh, if you have friends that do, uh, you know, have major connections and, and want to put capital uh, in Africa, uh, please, you know, get a hold of me over here at Liberty, Dave Bratt, B-R-A-T. And uh, we're trying to uh, make win-win uh, business deals. That's what, uh, you know, Christian business should be about, just honest, uh, good business-to-business, uh, people talking to each other and uh, make win-win deals for their countries and their peoples. Absolutely. Well, we truly appreciate what you're doing, Dr. David Brad, at Liberty University and through your many initiatives, including through the International Leaders Summit. Uh, Dr. David Brad uh, served in the Commonwealth of Virginia's 7th District from 2014 to 2017 as Member of Congress. Dr. Brad is the Dean of Liberty University School of Business in Lynchburg, Virginia, and also serves on the International Leaders Summit's Executive Advisory Board. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we really appreciate Appreciate all that you're doing, Dr. Brad. Thank you, Dr. Brad. Thank you for your leadership, Joel and Natasha. You guys always do deep dives on content that matters. So keep it up and God bless. Thank you, Thank sir. Thank you so much. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adensami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.